You're listening to Live 360 with Tony Sutherland, and this is episode 20. All right, let's jump right on in. What's up, everybody? Hope you're having an awesome Monday. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, I hope you're having an awesome Tuesday. If you're listening to this on any other day of the week, I hope you're having a great week. Today, we're going to be talking about the dream factor. The dream factor. This is all about developing a vision for your life. And if this is the first time you've listened to this podcast, hey, want to just encourage you to subscribe, share it with a friend, write us a review, and uh, every time you write a review, it just helps us get the word out a whole lot more. We want to know what you're thinking. We want to thank you for all of you who've been listening. We're well into the thousands now who are listening to this podcast, and we're grateful that we're making an impact out there. So let's talk about dreams today. I know some of you have dreams, and did you know that God cares about your dreams? God is the one that placed the seed of that dream into your life. And some of you are at different stages with it. Some of you, it just keeps gnawing away at you and you just can't let it go. And you may be working another job, but you've got this vision of this dream that God has put in your life, whether it's ministry or business, or maybe a dream for your marriage or dream for your children. God said that he would give us dreams and visions. And so today we're going to be talking about developing a vision for your life. So let's get started. As always, we like to start with the scriptures. And one of my favorite verses, I'm sure it's one of your favorite verses too. If you've read the Bible long enough, this verse has come up. If you've been listening to good preaching long enough, this verse is going to come up. Jeremiah 29 and 11. In fact, I used to have a European tag on my Mini Cooper that said J29V11. I wanted people to know what my favorite verse was, and I kind of wanted to tag it on to my car as I'm buzzing down the interstate here in Atlanta. I wanted people to see that Jesus truly has given me hope. The scripture tells us in Jeremiah 29 and 11, for I know the plans, I want you to circle that word, plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Everything we talk about here at this podcast is to help you discover how to have peace and joy in every area of your life. And so today we're talking about the dream factor and we're specifically focusing on the word plan. What is a plan? A plan is, here's a definition, a written account of an intended future course of action. Scheme plan aimed at achieving specific goals or objectives within a specific time frame. It explains in detail what needs to be done, when, how, and by whom, and often includes the best case, expected case, and worst case scenarios. Now, we all know that Jesus has given us his word. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing through the words of God. Well, more specifically translated, the word God is Christ. Now listen to how that sounds when you put the right word in there. It says that faith comes by hearing and hearing through the words of Christ. 
Christ has laid out a plan for us in detail, a written account. We have the words of Christ in the new covenant. It's a written account of an intended future. In fact, God hasn't just randomly selected for you. He has specifically put within your DNA a dream. And some of you are saying, man, I just don't know about this dream. I just don't know if it's of God. Well, if it just keeps gnawing away at you and it's not going away, chances are that it's a dream that God has put in your heart. Now, does that dream need to be sanctified and clarified and purified and and rectified and just all the eyed words that you can think of? Yes, that dream is always under, it's, it's evolving and it's, it's becoming more clear and some of your selfishness and some of the things that you've been adding to that dream maybe aren't necessarily all sanctified yet, but God is doing that because he's sanctifying you. He's continually helping you purify your thoughts and your, your intentions and your ambitions. And we're going to be talking a lot more about those things in podcasts to come. I've got such a great lineup of teachings over the next few weeks. But today we're specifically referring to the dream factor, developing a vision for your life. Now, what I love about the definition of a plan because it says it three different times in this scripture, plans, 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 for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans, what? To prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. So that means that there's a written down plan. And we all know that through the word of God, we discover that regularly if we're in the word of God. I always tell people who are searching for a word from God, if you need a word from God, You need to be in the word of God. You need to be reading it and taking it into your spirit every day because that word has a way of working itself through our spirit and in our mind and in our life and it just gets all tangled up. I think that Christians should be so tangled up in the word that they can't find the way to unravel it. It's just constantly in their lives. And I thank God for my heritage, my grandmother and my parents who instilled the word of God in me and gave me a love for it. And that's really where a lot of these podcasts come from. They come from just being in the word of God. I don't have any value to give you if I don't have a word from God. And that's what I've prayed about in these podcasts or my YouTube channel. And by the way, you can follow me on my YouTube channel, Tony Sutherland. It's easy to find. There's another Tony Sutherland out there, believe it or not, who is a musician who plays the guitar, but that is not my channel. My channel on YouTube, if you go there, it'll have a TS logo. That's the videos I put out. And so I'm putting out a lot of content out there. I'm on social media. I'm on YouTube. I'm on podcasts. I also have a leader tips email that goes out every Monday. Um, just helping leaders grow. There's several hundred on there. And I would love for you to sign up on that. If you have your mobile phone, you can text TSM News to 22828 and sign up for those Monday, every Monday. Sometimes they go out on Tuesday, depends on what my schedule is like, but we're helping leaders grow. I'm just trying to get content out there and I'm always praying and getting a word from God. I don't just randomly throw these things out there. These things are like, uh, like, Uh, campfires in my bones that are just burning all the time. And so that's where this came from. And I'm really excited to dive into this. So let's start with number one. 
Now, before we hit point number one, I want to let you know we're going to talk about five different things over the next two episodes about developing a vision for your life. Now, again, this is some broad things. There are some detailed things that you'll have homework to do. But I want to share with you five things about the dreams of your life that will help you bring things into focus and start making the journey toward those dreams. So let's start with number one. Number one is to make a sketch of your dream. Make a sketch. I want you to maybe underline that word sketch. Because remember now, when you're developing a vision for your life, it's all based around that passion or that dream you've had. And, you know, when we have dreams in the very beginning, they're fuzzy, they're ambiguous, they're nebulous, they're just sketchy. They're kind of like black and white images in our mind. You know, if, if I were to tell you a word, if I were to say the word elephant, you would start thinking of a picture of an elephant, not the word elephant, because we think mostly in images and pictures. And so mostly when we dream, when God gives us a dream, it usually is a picture or a scene or a setting. And in your mind, you can see details, but somehow, even though we kind of capture capture a glimpse of that, it's really not clear. You know, I say, if it's fuzzy in your mind, it'll be a fog outside in reality until you start to write it down. Now, before you write it down, I want to encourage you, every time you pray and every time you talk to the Lord, always surrender your dream to the Lord. Say, Lord, I surrender this dream to you. I do not want this dream to become an idol or something that I worship. And that is so possible to have a dream and it become an idol. So say, Lord, I want this dream to be purified. I want this dream to be committed to you. You know, Proverbs 16 and three says, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Proverbs three and six says, seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. So in the beginning, before we even start clarifying this through sketching the dream, you need to surrender it to the Lord. You need to give it to him. You need to say, Lord, I just place this dream at your feet. And remember, you know, it doesn't mean that God is not involved in the dream and that it's not a dream that you're supposed to have. It just means that you are taking that extra step of precaution to avoid selfish ambition to avoid doing it for selfish reasons. And you don't, don't second guess yourself so much because God wants you to be fulfilled in the dream that he has for you. God wants you to find some sense of satisfaction in walking in your dream. But at the beginning, we still need to surrender it to the Lord and lay it at the altar, so to speak, and say, God, I just surrender this to you because I don't want to veer off of the path in my own dreams and my own ambitions and my own thoughts and my own desires. I want to give this to you. And it's critical in the beginning to do this. And you're going to probably have to do it a lot. You're probably going to have to do it regularly. Lord, I just surrender this thing to you because I can tell you I am walking in my dream from when I was a young eight-year-old boy. God called me into the ministry when I was eight years old. I was on my way to church walking down the street. The church was two blocks. I lived with my grandmother at the time. And about halfway to the church, I heard the Holy Spirit just say this word in my heart, ministry. 
I heard it as clear. There have even been times when I've doubted my salvation, but for some reason, I have never doubted the moment that God spoke to me when I was eight years old, calling me into the ministry. And I remember running into that little small church, that small country church, running down the aisle and run up to the pastor, Pastor Green. And I said, Pastor Green, God, you won't believe it. But but I heard God say ministry. He called me into the ministry and I want to preach next Sunday. That's how excited I was. And the pastor said, Tony, I'd love to have you preach, but we need to prepare. We need to, we need to pray. We need to ask God to to open up the doors and to give us wisdom and we need to learn and we need to grow and we need to study the word to show ourselves to prove not being a workman that needs to be ashamed needs but 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 rightly divide the word of truth and so my mind at that time was just consumed with you know wanting to do it right away so i understand the the feeling that you have i know where you're at This thing has been in my life since I was eight years old, and I am walking in my dream right now. I am am living in my dream. I am ministering. I am traveling. I am a part of a great local church. I've been in front of thousands of people, and God has confirmed that dream to me over and over again throughout my life. I remember one time when I was a junior in high school, and, and uh, actually, I think I was a senior in high school. I was a senior in high school. We were in Germany. I was in a, in a church service. It was very, very small. We had about 20 people there, and a man walked in the door, never seen him before, didn't see him after that service, but he, he stood up and he asked my dad, who was the pastor of our small little fellowship church there in Germany, he said, can I say something to this young man? I was leading worship. I think I was leading a couple songs on the stage stage. And, and my dad said, sure. He said, this man is going to lead worship in front of thousands of people around the world. God is bringing this man into this young man into a fulfillment of his dream. I'll never forget that. And that is just one instance where God confirmed it over and over and over again. But I'm telling you all of this Because even when you start to walk in your dream and you start to see it come to pass, there are going to be moments and seasons where you treat that dream like an idol and it starts to become your dream, your thing, your ministry. And God doesn't want it to be your ministry. He's putting that dream inside of you because it's his dream for you. It's his ministry. It's his call on your life. And you always need to surrender it to him. I can't be, I can't be more clear about that. You're going to find out. We're going to talk about uh, down the road. I've got a really, really great podcast coming out that's going to talk about ambition. It's going to really deal with those things that we all deal with, selfish ambition. But I'm not even going to give the title away today. I just can't wait to do it. And I don't want to get too far ahead. But I'm telling you, you need to surrender your dream to the Lord before you even put your pencil to the paper to make that sketch, to make that sketch. So remember to surrender it to the, to the Lord first, commit your actions and seek his will in all you do. Hey guys, let's take a quick break. I just want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review. These two things help uh, bring more awareness to the platform so that we can share more content with more people and help them discover how to have peace and joy in every area of their life. Hey guys, I hope you're learning something about how to pursue your dreams, how to make your dreams become a reality. And uh, I know that I've applied these things to my life over the years and I've seen my goals and dreams come to pass. You know, God is invested 
And he wants us to live out our dreams and to walk in the things that he himself has called us into. So let's jump back into it and I'll come back at the end with a few closing thoughts. All right, so let's get back to our first point. Make a sketch of your dream. You know, a dream motivates you, but a plan moves you. You know, you can be thinking about this dream your whole life. You can be talking about it. But I found that sometimes writing things down is where it all starts. Because if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And again, I said, if it's a mist in your mind or if it's fuzzy in your mind, it's going to be a fog out there. You know, when you plan a trip and you're going somewhere, you program your GPS to get a good map, a good sense of direction. You know, when my wife and I drive together, she likes to have that map on her lap. She likes to see where we're going because it gives her confidence that we're, 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 we're on the right trail. And I think some people, they often start with no direction. They just start moving. But the sketch of your dream really helps to clarify the purpose and direction. You know, about 20 uh, years ago, I wrote the top 25 goals that I wanted to accomplish in my life. And when I say goals, some of those were real big dreams. Some of them were immediate goals, but most of them were long range dreams that I had. And I just wrote them down. I really didn't have the details or how I was going to plan it. You know, typically when people will tell you, hey man, you got to have a one-year plan, a five-year plan, and a 10-year plan. You know, I, I, I thought sometimes I just think that those people are speaking out of the reality of most folks. I don't think it's wrong. I think sometimes we do need to kind of chart our course in that type of detail. But I'm just talking about in the beginning, you want to sketch it out. So what I did is I wrote the top 25 goals or dreams that I had. I folded the piece of paper and I stuck it in my Bible. And you know what? It's amazing. It's not magic, but there is something about making a plan in writing that really just helps you start to, to really see it. You're, you, you know, you're bold enough to write it. And people, some people say, well, you know, I'm afraid of writing selfish things down. You know what? I just tell you to start writing down your dreams, no matter what they look like and what they feel like. Because as you move and progress toward those dreams, God will help you sort out the things that don't need to be there. He'll clarify it. He'll show you where your selfishness is. But I just say, don't second guess yourself. Just start writing. I call it praying the right way, W-R-I-T-E. And, you know, it's so true, Habakkuk 2 and 2, and I'm going to read the message version of it. It says, write this, write what you see, write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. This vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait and it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait, it's on its way. It will come right on time. Now that's word for word from the message translation of Habakkuk 2 and 2. I believe that God is saying, just write it out, write it big, write it bold, write it in capital letters, bold and, and make sure that, you know, don't worry about if it looks selfish. I'm going to tell you some of the things I wrote on that original 25 top dreams and goals. Some of them were very selfish, but I wrote them out. Crazy things, things that 
that I didn't think would come to pass, but you know what? They have. Let me just give you a few of them, just right off the top of my head. I wrote back in the day that I wanted to write books on on several different topics in the Bible and travel in ministry and preach the topics of those books. And you know what? I've written. I'm working on my seventh book right now that will release this fall. I've created leadership conferences, marriage conference, worship gatherings, uh, preaching the word of God. I've I my first book was Grace Works. And by the way, if you want to check out any of my books, you can go to TonySutherland.com, go to the store page, and you'll see some of the books I've written. But I wrote that back in the day when I hadn't written my first book, but I wrote it down. I said, I want to write books. And I want to travel and preach those books and preach the revelation that God has given me. And I have been all over the world. I've trained hundreds of leaders. I've been in several different countries. I have just seen God bring to pass some of those crazy dreams that I wrote down. I, I, I wrote down that I wanted to win music awards win worship music awards. And a few years ago, one of my songs was featured in Worship Leaders Magazine as one of the top 10 worship songs of the year. I'm just telling you, sometimes when you write it down, it's amazing how God can just do something with that. You got to have, you got to start sketching it out. And I'm not talking about write the details and the plans of every day, what you want to do and every week that you, I'm just saying, write the big things down. Do you have a personal personal vision statement? What's your what is your personal vision statement for your ministry or your calling or your business or your life? Do you have a life vision statement? A personal vision statement? Well, I do. And over the years it's evolved, it's changed a little bit, but I started writing some things down like way back in the day when I first started my itinerant ministry several years ago, uh my my vision statement was ignite the passion I wanted, I wanted to ignite a passion for Jesus in people's lives all around the world, wherever I traveled. And I let that be my guiding force. And it really did give me a goal and a filter in which my ministry would go. Well, today, and I believe that for the rest of my life, I feel like I've landed after all these years on the vision statement that really is true of me. It's pointing lives to Jesus. If you go to my website, you'll see it at the top, pointing lives to Jesus. That is my personal vision statement, and it filters my ministry. Everything I do is about that vision statement. And so you need to write that vision statement out, whatever yours is, write it out and start seeing how your ministry and the things that you do and your leadership and your business start really start aligning with yourself, making it clear what your vision statement is. You know, I say the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. And so if you have a vision statement in front of you, it helps you to clearly head toward a destination. I'm not saying 20 years from now, the destination isn't, you know, maybe you're planting a church and you have a church, you want it to be 5,000 people. That's really not the goal. The goal is, am I accomplishing this vision that aligns with my personal statement? You know, because once you have that vision statement out there, it helps you to keep a straight line no matter what your 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 uh, sub goals are. The big goal for me, the biggest goal I have is to point lives to Jesus. I don't believe that God ever intended for us to live our lives on accident. And I think so many people end up nowhere because they're doodling with their life. 
And when I say sketch it out, I'm not saying doodle. I'm talking about write the clearest things that come to your mind. Start with a clear image of like, I want to pastor a church of, of thr- a thriving congregation, grace-based foundations. Start writing out your vision statement of what you want your tenets of faith to be and start painting a picture with a pencil, a literal pencil in your life. Write the goals you want. I want to win souls for Jesus for the rest of my life. Um, I want to be a, a worship leader that leads people into the presence of God and, and start writing clearly. I've had so many people when I when I've asked them what they want to do with their life, they'll say, well, I, 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 I think I want to be a worship pastor. And I still think it's fuzzy in their head. I still think it's not clear. That's why when you write it down, you're committing that fog in your brain to a clear picture of what it looks like. Because we must have an underlying sense of, of direction and penciling it out will often bring clarity. You know, wandering is 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 part of the journey but god doesn't want us just wandering forever i believe that's why he's saying put a pencil in your hand and start writing it down um and some people say well i don't know if god wants me to really really make a plan or a sketch of my plan that is not true that is not true in fact the scriptures are are absolutely clear about that not being true. Proverbs 16 and 9 says this, we can make our plans. Some people say, well, you know, my life is a mist and a vapor. I can plan something today and it may not work out tomorrow. You know, that's true. But in the meantime, I believe God wants you to write it out because it says very clearly, we can make our steps or make our plans. See, isn't that interesting? We have permission. God has given you permission to make a plan. Then it says, but the Lord determines our steps. So yes, I'm saying make a plan. Stay open. Be open. Don't write something down. And why am I saying pencil? I'm saying pencil because you may have to go back and erase a few things. That's okay. But some people just don't get started. They don't make that sketch. And I'm here to tell you today that God says, I give you full permission to make a sketch of your dreams, of your plans, of your hopes, of your aspirations, of your goals. Write them down, tuck them in the Bible. And every time you open the Bible, open up that goal page, open up that sheet of paper and read through them and pray about it. And, you know, Mark Batterson talks about drawing circles around it. Like sometimes you just got to circle a letter or circle a word or circle a phrase underline it and rewrite it and just continue to pray over those things that you're writing down because if 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 you write it out it becomes plain it's like you can see it on the run it's a witness pointing to what's coming the bible says in habakkuk 2 and 2 so don't live your life on accident start writing things down i'm telling you it'll start getting exciting when you pull that pen out when you pull that piece of paper out, when you start writing the things down, you're praying the right way, W-R-I-T-E. You're praying with, with purpose, with clarity. You're looking at it on the paper. It's, you're actually getting committed to start seeing those dreams come to pass by taking a pencil and writing it down. Man, I hope you're getting excited right now. I, I, I really hope that this is just inspiring you And lighting a fire in your spirit to say, God, I'm tired of just dwelling on a thought. I want to make it clear. So number one, make a sketch 
of your dream. Sketch it out. Write it out. Write some phrases and write some pictures and maybe even draw a picture of it, of what you see. Tuck it in your Bible. Tuck it in a notebook or a journal and come back to it often because I'm here to tell you something right now. When God says to write it out, there's something miraculous about doing what God has called you to do. And part of the first step is making a sketch of it. Now, Let's talk about number two. We've got about four minutes left in this episode. Number two is allow God to etch his plan in you. So the first thing we do is we sketch the plan. The second step is to allow God to etch his plan in you. Now, this is where it gets real, folks. This is where it really gets real. You know, um, an artist called a graver what he will do is he will take tools and he will carve beneath the surface of an object to create an etch inside. See, when you write something with a pencil, you can erase it and change it and you you can kind of look at it and make it what you want. But when God starts to actually take you into the dream itself, he's going to do some things in your life that carve beneath the surface of your dream. Because a lot of times we have surface dreams. Think about it. When you, when you dream about something, whether it's a daydream or really, really great, great dream, you typically don't see the negative things in that dream. You see the thrills, the chills, you see the success, you see the, 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 the applause or the accolades or the, uh, you know, the exposure or whatever it is in your dream. But a lot of times we don't see the negative things that are a part of that dream. We don't see the the pain and the struggle and the hard work and the, the, the suffering sometimes that comes as we step into our dream. We don't see the critics and the enemies and the bullies and the jealous and those who don't want us there. We don't see the the, the late nights. We don't see the the loneliness. We don't see people leaving our lives as we step into our dream. But see, that's what happens when you step into your, when you start walking in your dream, God begins to etch beneath this veneer that you had, this surface part of the dream that really was selfish and it really was about you. And it was really your thing and your success and your money and your accolades and your platforms. You know, God doesn't give us platforms so that people can see us, but God will give us a platform so that we can better see the people from our our vantage point. You see, you know, that's why I talked about the graver. He has these little tools and they're all of different sharps and thickness and and, and the points are different. And But he takes those gravers, those little sharp, tools and he carves into the object whether it's steel or whether it's you know wood or whatever the object is he's carving in but it goes beneath the surface and it becomes permanent you know every dream looks perfect in our minds until it becomes reality and there's been times in my life I'm like Lord when am I going to start walking in my dream and God speaks back you are walking in your dream this is part of it the pain. You know, if you're going to go to the next level in leadership, you're going to have to ask God to increase your threshold of pain because with every level 
of advancement in your life and in your vision and in your career and in your business and in your relationships. There's going to be levels of pain and struggle and challenge with that. Um, and but, but God wants to engrave it in you so that it's no longer escapable. You can't run from it because there's been times, man, where I thought I dreamt something and then I started, rea- started experiencing the reality of it and it was a little bit terrifying and it was a little bit disconcerting to me. And I'm like, what have I done? What, what have I done here? But that's when God engraves it in you. It's like a tattoo. There's a, there's a series I really got into a few years ago called Prison Break. And it was about two brothers. The, the two brothers were the main, the main characters of the story. And one brother was in prison and the other one was a lawyer. And the brother who was a lawyer had a plan to break his brother out of prison because he was falsely accused and he was put in prison for a crime he did not commit. And his brother, the lawyer, could not defend him and get him out of going to prison. So he came up with a plan to break him out of jail. And what he did is he tattooed his entire body with the plan, with the directions, with the buildings and the streets and the codes and everything that it was going to take to break his brother out. He tattooed it on his body so that he would always be able to have the plan somewhere on his body. He didn't have to write it down. He didn't have to memorize it. It was on his body. And so that by doing that, it was permanently etched into his body. And that's what God does with us. He etches his plan into our lives through some of the heat, the fire, the pain, the challenges. Um, I've told people that God, you know, we say, God, I need to get into an open, Lord, open doors for me. God, open doors for me. And we pray for open doors. And then we say, God, I need keys for those doors. They're locked. But what God will do, he won't give you keys. He'll make you a key. Have you ever seen how a key is made? A key is a raw piece of metal. It's got a handle on it, but then it's got a straight stem of steel and it has to go through a grinder to grind the grooves and the shapes and the ups and the downs so that it can fit perfectly into the lock it was intended to open. And that's what God does with us. It's through the grind of life, of relationships. And that's typically where the biggest grind is. It's in the people that we come into contact with. But God will etch his plan on you. And that's what he's doing with a key. He carves in your life through the pain and the struggle and the difficulties and the challenges, those ups and those downs. It creates the the precise grooves in your life that you need to get through the doors that are locked, the doors that are specifically created and uniquely created for your situation. And so, Sketching it is one part. That's the fun part. That's the, that's the dreamscape. That's the dream scope. And we're kind of drawing it out in our minds and we're writing down these dreams. And then of course, over time, they're going to become more detailed and you're going to have more specifics to fill in the blanks. But then there's a part of that dream where God is etching his plan in you. He's carving and engraving his plan into you through the pains and the challenges and the difficulties and the obstacles in your life that give you the ability to walk through those doors when it's time to walk through those doors. Number one, sketch your dream. Number two, etch 
That's the big part. You sketch your dream and then God begins to etch it. We're going to talk about the next few points in our next episode. If this is, again, if this is your first time to the podcast, I want to encourage you to subscribe here on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to it on other platforms. Write us a review that helps us just to get the word out a whole lot more. It helps those algorithms work in our favor and share it with at least one other person. I'm so excited about what I'm sharing with you today and I can't wait to come back next week with part two of the dream factor. We'll see you.